Hello and welcome, all you spiritual rebels, heretics, and revolutionaries out there. My name is Lawrence Gallien. This is The Silence of the Mind, the most direct and experiential podcast to help you attain enlightenment and self-actualization in this lifetime. We are not believers. We are experiencers. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to my channel, and thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. It would mean the world to me. I do urge you to send me a Facebook invitation, and that way I will add you to my list of friends as I regularly post interesting information for all my spiritually rebellious, heretical, and revolutionary friends. So, to today's topic. Well, always having a topic, I sense, is to deny the wisdom of our unconscious. Right now, I'm thinking of somatic communication, or maybe what we could call somatic awareness. Some wise souls feel that the body is the expression of the unconscious. Before I moved to Mexico about 12 years ago, I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, and my friend Stephen and I were participating in something called panurythmy. Panurythmy is a system of physical, musical exercises developed by Peter Dunoff in Bulgaria, as I understand, between 1922 and 1944, focused on achieving inner balance and harmonization. The emphasis of the exercises is on giving and receiving with the goal of creating a conscious exchange with the forces of nature. We know that we are created in fluid. We grow as a fetus in liquid. The Sufis ask if the fish knows it is swimming in water. Most of our body is made up of water. Scientifically, we know we live in an energy field. Even water is 99.999% energy. I would like to say we are swimming in an ocean of energy. We are beings of energy that are constantly interacting, assimilating, and utilizing that ocean of energy. Still, while we practice the process, it is helpful to be aware that we are immersed in an ocean of energy. Now remember the importance we gave to breathing, especially in the first episode. And recall, I suggested that as you lay on the grass, you become aware of your heartbeat, your breath, 
or any other physical pulsations that are happening in your body. I want you to flow with that pulsation. Let it grow as you discard all that inhibits you. Move more and more, but only if and when the pulsing urges you to express itself more fully. Don't be sad if you find only your maybe right hand starts to move in circles and nothing else happens. Likewise, don't be embarrassed if the pulsations cause you to gyrate wildly, making circles on the ground or even rising to your feet and whirling around. How you get there is your own business. If I were to impose rules on your movement, then I would be invading your innate divine intelligence. Nature provides the music. We respond to the nature as it manifests within our bodies and around our bodies. Through what I call the Galyan process, I am offering you an opportunity to thrive and to experience transformation and transcendence. The Galyan process is not a fixed, orthodox system with some sort of Bible that would be completely counter to what I'm trying to guide you into feeling and experiencing. The process respects the individuality of each person, nurtures and helps to manifest your divine uniqueness, while at the same time experiencing our oneness with Source. First, you must learn to begin with yourself, to begin to open your heart. As David Witham wrote, quote, Trust in yourself and any decisions you make. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Don't worry about what other people think about you. What they think is their business. Drop anyone who is bad or makes you feel bad. Don't worry about how you look or your body appeals to other people. Be kind to yourself in the words you think about yourself and be compassionate about you, unquote. When human beings free themselves from the dust of religious traditions and enter the clean space, they will see the brilliant face of clear reality and benefit from this direct perception without any obstruction. At that time, the rules and regulations of religion will become something else entirely, and religion 
will attain its original form and everything will be different. The various schools, dergas, ashrams, tekkas, organizations, retreat and holistic centers that purportedly teach paths to enlightenment have some poor track records of late. To cover up their students' widespread lack of enlightenment, the teachers of these schools portray enlightenment as something that is infrequent, unusual, and difficult to achieve. I believe enlightenment is something that can take place in a flash. There is a rhythm to the natural world as seen in expansion and contraction. The divine manifests as a plant and then returns the plant to the condition of non-manifestation. People pray and defecate, sing and pass gas. Even the mightiest of kings must sit on the toilet every day. Yet people chronically hide their shadows. They feel shame. It is terrible that most people feel such a strong need to hide aspects of their humanity. Because Western religion has created this image of the God of good in whom there is no darkness, a grand enantiodromia is occurring around the globe. The light has been overemphasized in religion, and they have sentenced its opposite characteristic to the dungeon of society's collective unconscious. Sometimes the repressed characteristic burst forth wildly into daylight with a lethal force. The master of masters, Lao Tzu, revealed the following, quote, The key to growth is the introduction of higher dimensions of consciousness into our awareness, unquote. The art of the Galyan process is to open gateways to higher dimensions through movement, through inner stillness in that movement, and through our direct perception of nature. Now, some of the world's greatest scientists and thinkers are saying that we are definitely living in a simulation. They also hint that perhaps some of the unexpected events that happen here on Earth are deliberately inserted into the simulation to see how we react. For example, this COVID-19 virus was definitely unexpected by the majority of the public. Of course, scientists knew it was inevitable, but not the general public. 
If we grant that we are living in a computer simulation, could Zen Chan be a means to break out of the simulation? Using the generally accepted rules of creating a simulated world, if we were creating a simulated world, we would need to place thoughts and memories inside our simulated individuals. We would need to install the, quote, stories of their lives, unquote, in each person. We would also have to program them to believe concepts about what they think they are experiencing with their five-plus senses. Now, as I understand Zen or Chan Buddhism, it is a way to free ourselves from our identification with our thoughts, memories, and the story of our lives, and to see clearly, in other words, to reject the reality tunnel we have been programmed to believe and face our own truth with clarity. That's why there cannot be a one-religion-fits-all approach, because every individual may be conditioned differently. There are probably many levels that one needs to penetrate in order to get to base reality. However, it seems to this one that the best way to start on this journey out of simulated reality is by a complete rejection of that simulation and create for ourselves, or at least tweak, spiritual practices to journey back to the source. The person who follows these exercises is a person of rare courage. He or she looks into the naked face of reality and does not flinch. While it may be difficult to face the facts of physical existence so honestly, half the battle is won once you acknowledge your place in the physical, natural world. There is a, as Blake would say, fearful symmetry to the face of nature. All of creation contains infinity within it. A harmonious relationship can be achieved with the facts of existence, but this can only be discovered through an honest appraisal of your physical existence on the earth. As children of the earth, let your beings arise in harmony and attunement with your natural physiological origins. Daily 
you must feed at the waters of the original wholeness. Meditation is a wonderful way to do this. Also, the exercises I gave you when you are out in nature and moving to the sounds of the wind in the trees, the birds, and all other natural sounds. You please need to acknowledge the forces that surround you, whether they are the forces of nature or of spirit. You, as a follower of this Galian process, as I am tentatively calling it, must face the fact that you are entering a world more vast than the world to which you are accustomed, allowing your hardened world views to dissolve in the dance of nature and spirit. Dogen Zenji divulged the following wisdom, quote, When we discover that the truth is already in us, we are all at once our original selves, unquote. Or as Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you, the way of the heart. What I am tentatively calling the Galian process is not about dogma, rules, and restrictions. It is about responsibility. The true student must hunt down all of his or her spiritual assumptions and carefully analyze these beliefs. No teacher or guru can make you into a spiritual person until you clearly and unless you clearly assume responsibility for your spiritual growth. Use your guide to work on yourself, not to run away from yourself getting lost in guru worship. I cannot stress enough the role of personal responsibility in spiritual development. The Japanese puppeteers have a saying, to surpass your master pays the debt for what he or she gave you. There are many false teachers in the spiritual community that are all surface effect and no depth. Talking the talk is the easiest part. Walking the walk can be hard, lonely, exhausting, and filled with fear. It takes courage to embrace the shadow, to delve into your unconscious. Not many have the motivation or the inclination for that journey. We all know of various famous teachers who, while outwardly seem masterful, all the unacknowledged shadow aspects of their characters eventually overwhelm them and cause them to abuse their students, humiliating and subjugating them. The true teacher does not advertise his or her spiritual station. The true teacher is often 
very difficult to find because he or she may appear like your co-worker, a fellow student in your school, your car mechanic. They take great care not to attract attention and sometimes even behave coarse and impolite to drive away would-be students who are not ready to dedicate themselves to encountering natural and authentic reality. What do I advise you to do? Do what you love to do. And when you discover what you love to do and just do it, then that will take you a long way toward enlightenment. Until the next time, peace. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean the absolute world to me if you subscribed to this podcast. I'm not selling you anything or even asking you to donate to Patreon because I know what this virus is doing to people's livelihood and income. There are some people who are charging $500 or more for an internet course in spirituality. I think that's abominable. What I offer, I offer to you for free.